further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, today we're going to talk about something I call the healthy lament. That sounds like just so much fun. Right, lament. Actually, people have told me they don't know what the word lament means. So a lament is kind of like a weeping, wailing, grieving expression. Wait a minute, we can do that healthy? What? Christians aren't supposed to feel sad, are they? Not that I've heard. (laughs) Okay, cue the sarcasm for anybody who doesn't know us. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is something that the church has not done well as we have tried to lean into what does it look like to live in the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness. Those are all things that are fruit of the Spirit, but they in no way eliminate the fact that in this world we will have trouble, Jesus said, and that some of that trouble causes us sadness and grief that we actually need to deal with. That sadness and grief are also emotions God gave to us. The whole spectrum of our emotions come from God. But how do we do that in a healthy way? And how do we do that in a way that we are not overcome and overwhelmed? Yes. And stuck. Yes. So I'm sure I've referred to it in part of my story, probably the red shoe one, talking about how depression was a thing for me. That um, there's a lot of mental illness in my family and for sure in probably a fairly private way I struggled with depression because when I show up with people I was happy and engaged but when I was alone the darkness would overwhelm me and so there's a whole big story around the healing the deliverance the freedom that Jesus led me through to be free of depression and I do mean free of depression because I am free now I recognize what it looks like when it wants to encroach and it's not going to have a it's not going to have a place in my life anymore. It just doesn't. But part of that process for me, Amy, of course, pendulum swing. So depressed. Now I'm not, but I have to be so careful not to indulge in dark, sad thoughts that I kind of lost my capacity to deal with them well. Just to see if I understand you, it was a thing of I do not want to go back there. So I just will not think about anything sad. I will fix my eyes on Jesus and I will be joyful because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we all love hanging around Christians like that, don't we? So Jesus is really good and really kind and he actually began to teach me a new way to process sad feelings because I somehow came across the idea there's actually a problem here, Houston. And I felt helpless and I didn't really know any resources how to do this. So God took me really to an awareness when I was reading the Psalms. I mean, I get a little bit of cathartic rush out of some of David's. These are his laments and he's just going, God, this sucks. Mm -hmm. Kill my enemies. Everything is overwhelming. I mean, I've had people point out, man, David was really depressed and full of self-pity. And I'm like, Or he was just processing what was actually going on. Mm Because this is real. The reality is, some days rotten things happen. Some days people are jerks. And that makes a person with a healthy spectrum of emotion feel sad. Exactly. And like going through the Psalms, it's like, man, you see David Mm -hmm. with the full spectrum of emotions. And he was a man after, he was a man after God's own heart. That's right. Is that the right phrase? Yeah. So it's like if he had all of these and was able to express all of these and yet God still recognizes him as someone who was after his heart. So then it can't be bad. It's and it's not bad. It's actually so healthy. So I do get a little feisty when people say, oh, man, David was really. No, he was actually processing his emotions. So you see a pattern in almost all of them. He pours out his heart to God and then he remembers God's goodness and then he worships. And so based on training my own experience and stuff that God has taught me 
in all of this process, I've added another little step. So we're going to attach the format of this Healthy Lament to the website. You can find it there. And on our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page, absolutely. But I'm going to kind of walk you through it right now. Uh, I always start with Psalm 62. There's a verse there that I really, really love, verse 8. And I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. But it says, Join me, everyone. Trust in God every moment. Tell Him all your troubles and pour out your heart longings to Him. Believe me when I tell you He will help you. Pause in His presence. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. So Amy, I give this tool to so many people and they're like, oh yeah, I kind of do that already. And they're like, okay, but you're still really sad and frustrated and stuck in this situation. So would you take the tool and use it? (laughs) And I say that with a chuckle because I am also sometimes reluctant to use the tool, even though I have firsthand knowledge of how good it works. Because here's the deal. To process the sadness, you have to feel the sadness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And who likes that? I mean, even if you're not fighting depression, do you want to feel the pain in that memory again? No. No, I don't. (laughs) Not even a little bit. So pour out your heart longings. Tell them all your troubles. And so I usually do it with a journal because that just helps me. So I just start to write, this is what I feel sad about. And interesting things start to sort of filter out in that. And this is like a no edits, no Christianizing, no, you know, I shouldn't feel angry at this person because they did. This is a no hold barred, like gut level. If you could read David's laments, the Psalms in his vernacular, he's calling people words that we would consider socially unacceptable. So yeah, when you're pouring out your heart to God, he already knows how you feel. It is actually good for you to get it out. So here's my analogy. It's crude. Oh, this is, I love this analogy. (laughs) It is a little crude, but it so works. Here's the deal. When you're constipated, there's a lot of crap stuck inside. And until you get that out, what starts to happen? You have gas and it's a sign that there's stuff plugged up and your body is kind of venting, right? And that's really unpleasant for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And that works exactly (laughs) like this. Yeah. It comes out, the gas comes out in really yucky ways. Yeah. So in your soul is where your sadness is all packed away. And some of it you might find out is from when you're five years old. And some of it might be from the conversation you had with your spouse yesterday. But we just go, oh, that's fine. I'm fine. And we shove it in. But then our emotions start to vent, much like having gas. So depending on your personality, you might find yourself going weepy. Or you might find yourself having outbursts of anger. Those are two really good clues that you might need to have a good old healthy lament. Or a good old emotional dump. Okay? So this journaling process is your emotional dump. Because you know what? It's not fun for anyone around you. I live with someone who has lactose intolerance. The venting isn't fun to be around. Not physically, it's not fun to be around emotionally. In some ways, you're just kind of crapping on everybody you love. So you owe it to yourself and to the people around you to have your emotional dump. So this emotional dump, is this something that, say, if I don't really like writing down, Mm -hmm. can I come to you and do it with you? Absolutely. I do this with people all the time. All the time. And you mean if you are a go-for-a-walk person and talk to God, pour out your heart to him. I encourage you to do it out loud outside of your head. For some reason, you got to get it out of your body. So whether you're writing it or speaking it to another person or out in the field, get it out of your body. And just a common sense blur there. If your lament, if my lament is with Michelle, the healthy lament does not mean to come and do it because you're not actually lament. You're just crapping on the person. That's right. That's right. So an unbiased, uninvolved third party. Someone who also has some emotional health. Health. Yeah. 
if they are also not dealing with their packed away crap, it's just going to get to be, well, heaps of, you've been in an outhouse? Yeah. Okay. So moving on from our crude analogy, <laughs> but it works. So yeah, so I pour out my heart to God and then I look back and I ask Jesus, is there anyone in this scenario that I need to forgive? Which is part of the helpful part of writing it down because you can actually see, wow, this person showed up an awful lot in Mm -hmm. my dump. Yeah, so take the time. What do I need to forgive them for? And then in the tool, you're going to see the forgiveness steps. I forgive them for it made me feel (laughs) and deal with that. And then the second thing I do, and because I love color-coded pens and I'm cool like that, I use a different pen, go back through my thing, and I recognize feeling words that came up a lot. So I felt really angry. Okay, angry came up a lot of times. I felt discouraged. Discouraged came up a lot of times. So those are the things I recognize. The enemy has thrown out some bait and I have taken it. My soul has agreed, this is a really a hopeless situation, or this is impossible, or they'll never change, or whatever all the things are. Just look for those keywords. I can't tell you what they're going to be. I just know what common ones show up in mine. And I break agreement with those things. The The phrasing for that is also in the tool. Which we've also done two podcasts That's on true. breaking agreement and forgiveness. If yes. these are brand new concepts to you, they go into much greater detail of what we mean. That's right. And so what it is and isn't. Anyone who regularly listens to our podcast is going to be referred back to forgiveness because it's the key to everything. I'm going to be personal here. Last uh, spring, I started to just really recognize that I felt overwhelmed in a lot of areas of my life kind of leading into summer. Some of it was the honest truth, too much going on, not enough space, not enough Sabbath rest. I was just overwhelmed. And sometimes seasons of our life happen that way, whether we plan it or not. And even as things began to slow down, I recognized, well, I would call it dissonance in my soul. Things were off kilter and some of those little emotional vent things were happening. And so here I am, the person who has, I mean, certainly by God's leading and his help designed this tool. I give it to people all the time. I was like, Michelle, you, it is time. So I actually went away for by myself for two days to a place of solitude. And even when I got there, Amy, I just want people to hear this. Like, this isn't fun to do, actually, but it's worth doing. I did not want to address some of the sadness because it feels like things that I don't have any control over. And I've tried to change and they're not changing. And I feel trapped in them. I basically would like to not look at them and just look at the happy parts of my life because I have lots of things to be thankful for. And being thankful is also a good tool. So I resisted it for a whole day, squandered it. The next morning, I'm like, fine, fine, it is time. It took me three hours to process some stuff that had really built up. So this is both a tool for everyday life and a tool for pausing when things are really overwhelming. For some of our listeners who haven't done this before, this could be like a half day. Wow, I haven't just really acknowledged the pain of what happened last year. But Jesus will meet you in it. He will not leave you there floundering. And that's why I say use the tool. Because lots of people are going, oh, I pour out my heart to God. Good. Do it. And next step, Jesus, do I need to forgive somebody? And do I need to break agreements? With, for me, abandonment, hopelessness, man, those were big ones there. False responsibility, I carry the weight of the whole world. And I mean, is there not some evidence, right? When you're in ministry, there's a lot of people depending on you. I'm a parent, I'm married. There are people counting on me. But some of that stuff was just getting burdensome and overwhelming. And so I just, the tool helped me recognize what the enemy was bringing to me. That I had gone, yeah, that's true. When it's actually not true. God is carrying all of that for me. So after forgiving, after breaking agreements, 
Then I broke unhealthy soul ties with the people that were factors in the story. And again, we have a whole podcast on soul ties if you want the teaching around that. This tool brings together these three key things that we teach people all the time. And so once I did all those steps, then I went, okay, you know what happens then? I, you know this, Amy. What happens is the bitterness that was hooking me to things, the agreements with lies was hooking me to things. Man, the crap was cleared out. But we need to be filled with goodness. And I mean, back to that analogy yes. of being constipated, right? You get the healthy dump out of the way and all of a sudden you're hungry. There's space. You need mm -hmm. to be filled with something because the hunger has returned. Yeah. And so then it's just like, Jesus, would you talk to me about this situation? Because I knew that I was leaving my little two days of solitude to come back to unchanged circumstances. The responsibilities of my life are going to be the same. Maybe the people involved weren't sorry, hadn't changed, didn't fix, right? Jesus, what do you have to say about this situation? And he began to speak to me again, his promises, stuff I had known but forgotten or only knew with my head at this point, and he needed to encounter it in my soul and my spirit. Because if we've been grabbing and hooking on to these other, these lies and these emotions really festering there, mm -hmm. that once we release, we need something else to, to grab onto. Right. Or else it's just going to be easy to be like, boop, fall back into the same lies, the same stuff, if we don't have the replacement, the replacement. Yeah. So this fresh revelation from God of how much he loves me, how he's called me to what he's called me to. He's never going to abandon me, how he cares about every detail of my life. And he just started to fill me up with fresh promise, fresh hope. And what happens then, Amy, is your emotions are joined to truth there. So for me in my depression story, I didn't want to do the sadness because I was just going to get stuck there. Well, if you use the tool, you peel away the attachment the enemy has made to the sadness, right? Sadness is real, but he attaches with bitterness, unforgiveness, lies, hopelessness. I dealt with that, got rid of that, and now I'm receiving something new. So you're not stuck in the pothole of sadness. It's okay, we needed to feel sad, and God has something for us. He always trades up. Mm -hmm. And in that, in this stage of, okay, promise, what do I hang my hat on, mm -hmm. is if this is something that's really, really new to you, you don't have to do it just like, okay, Jesus, what do you have? We can, and for people that this is experienced, we can look to scripture, what yes. promises are in scripture. Yeah. And that's really important that it's, yes, there is the individual tailored to us words that Jesus has for us. But there's also promises in scripture that he will highlight for us for this specific thing that we can grab onto. So scripture is super important. Obviously, don't get super like all these loosey-goosey emotions that feel good and aren't actually grounded in some truth. Absolutely. So I have my go-to promises that God's already given me, and he will, he will also give them to you. He totally will. And then the final stage of this process is worship praise and adoration. So just so much thanksgiving. So there I am just sitting there on the swing with my journal and just overwhelmed with the joy of who God is and how kind he is because he is kind. And even in our unchangeable, difficult situations and circumstances, he's present and he's going to fill us. The truth is having processed the junk, I now had space to be filled with a spirit that led to healthy love, joy, peace, long-suffering, right? The fruit of the Spirit is there, but it's not a candy coating over a bunch of junk that's buried. The junk is out and there's room for the Spirit to fill. If this is new to you, you can take our tool. And we absolutely believe, we pray over these podcasts, they're going to land in the places they need to and that God's going to walk with you. But like Amy said, look for some emotionally healthy people and we're praying that you'll find them. 
because it's good to do this by yourself and it's also really good to do it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And community. Mm-hmm. I've received amazing gifts from being vulnerable with my sadness with a safe, healthy person. And their prayers over me has somehow made space for me to hear God even better than I do on my own. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have really good, good promises, good encouragement. It builds good, strong, healthy community too when we're real about our sadness. So we bless you, our listeners, that if you've come across this today, Jesus has something for you in it. And as you pursue it with curiosity and lean into it, he's going to lead you further up and further in. Thank you.